0: Hello and welcome to Right Where You Are. I am Kainisa, exploring humans and humanity. And what better way to do it than through the lens that is the human eye. The first episode of this kind on the Right Where You Are podcast. Today we are doing a reading. Yay! <laughs> uh, I'd really like to share with you more of the direct words from the authors whose work I base my work on, the authors whose work I base the contents of this podcast from. I'd like to give you, you know, the direct words give it to you directly from the horse's mouth as it was said by the authors who end up in the research that I do for this podcast. I also really want to do more readings because I think it very much aligns with the work of the Learner Human Library. If you didn't know, I have a second page on Instagram so I wait in case you actually don't even know I usually just assume that if you listen to my podcast you know my Instagram in case you don't know my main Instagram uh, check it out if you'd like to if you're on Instagram and you don't know my Instagram at learner human no dots no underscores no numbers just learner human right But (laughs) I also have a second page called the Learner Human Library. That's LearnerHuman.Library. And really the library or what I aim to do with the library is to share different sources from which I take knowledge. You know, so sometimes this might be podcasts, some books, some music, some... I don't know, maybe some lectures that I've listened to, perhaps an article that I read. You know, so the Learner Human Library is really an archive for different sources of information that really... I think I find uh, valuable and information that ends up guiding this podcast and my blog. So I just want to give you the source directly and that's what my second Instagram page learner human library is for. And in fact, I actually want to create a segment for the library on my website learnerhuman.com and on there i think it's much easier to share links and to share like documents to share you know actual videos the video as i saw it it's easier to give you a clickable link because instagram Yeah, it's not as easy. (laughs) It's not as easy on Instagram. And then the second thing that I want to do on my website under the Learner Human Library is to create a space for you to also be able to share information with the community. You know, so it's a give and take. So, you know, you can get there, receive whatever source of information you can you know we can plug each other basically you plug me I plug you we plug each other someone else plugs us it's a plug party (laughs) yeah so that's really what I want to do through the learner human library all of this is still in the works so I thought let's start this off by doing readings on the podcast so today I'll be reading from Existential Kink by Carolyn Lovewell. And, well, if you're ever looking for the book, if you're ever trying to buy the book, rather look for Existential Kink by Carolyn Elliott. Same person, just different last name. Uh, And this book for me, let me say rather, existential kink for me at first was a concept that I was very curious about. It was a concept I was very fascinated by and I kind of explored it on my own for some time and because Carolyn Lovewell on her website has an offer for you to be able to read because it's a three-part book Existential Kink is a three-part book and on Carolyn Lovewell's website you can get the first part the first few chapters for free and for some time I read the first few chapters and I think that was really cool and so it was always a concept and it was this uh, cognitive thing it was this idea that I was really fascinated by but recently I got the push to actually get the hard copy book it was it was actually very tough to actually get the book for some time being in South Africa because, you know, ordering things off of Amazon is kind of ridiculous because, you know, the thing that you're ordering, like the, the delivery and the shipping cost will be 300% of the price of the thing that you ordered. So it was like, okay, this isn't worth it. And it took me some time to be able to get hold of the book in South Africa through takealot.com but if you would like it I'm and you are in South Africa I think it is available right now and that the suppliers have stock at the moment on takealot you can get it otherwise Amazon is also a great place to get it or if you just like to try it out first you want to try out the first bit like I did you can get the first few chapters for free soft copy on Carolyn Lovewell's website and I mean for me there are two disadvantages to that right the first disadvantage is I don't like reading anything soft copy and secondly when I actually got the book I realized that the, the next two parts, the other parts of this book, are the actual potency. They are the actual magic. So the first part is really just the concept. It's getting to the concept. And really the thing that got me and pushed me to finally get the book is my teacher Dumi Muloto. And, you know, because I'm part of Doomy's money magic coven, where existential kink is our Bible, really. And, you know, I think this this book, well, as I was saying, existential kink for me before... Was a concept. It was this idea. But as time goes. And the more I learn about existential kink. And even the more I read. It's an embodied practice. It's a method. It's oh man. It is loaded with potency. And I for that reason. I know that this is not the last reading. Of existential kink that I will be doing. I'll probably do another two. I don't know. We'll see. Of course, I don't want to give you everything. (laughs) But today, the reading I want to do, I think, really supplements the episodes, you know, past couple of episodes and the conversation we've been having on this podcast about, you know, taking in reality at reality's terms and coming to a place where. You know, you are absolutely in love with all of reality. You are unconditionally loving and you're not picking and choosing. You know, you're not discarding some things as dirt and saying, "Mm, this one isn't good enough for me. Mm, This is self, but mm, that is other. Oh, this is good. This is bad. And really coming to a place where we are taking in reality at reality's terms. And really, this is the basis of most spiritual practice right this is the basis of almost all spiritual practice but i think existential kink gives a very potent way of practicing this truth it gives a very direct and you know very pragmatic way of embodying this truth of living this truth of adopting this consciousness and in the past couple of episodes, this is really what we spoke about, right? We spoke a whole lot about things like the the shadow and the unconscious and how when we are in a place of shaming parts of reality, or rejecting some parts of reality, a lot of reality becomes unconscious to us. A lot of our self becomes unconscious to us. You know, we've spoken a lot about uh, things like, I spoke about psychoanalysis specifically about you know Jacques Lacan and Julia Kristeva and abjection and relegating to the shadow and you know all those things and so I think the excerpt that I want to read to you today very beautifully speaks on these processes like abjection also drawing from psychoanalysis, in fact, drawing from the father of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud, and discussing a concept called reaction formation. So without much further explanation, let's get into the excerpt. This is from part two of Existential Kink, titled Exercise 7, How to feel your real feelings, not your fake ones. Sigmund Freud has gone out of style in recent years, with fair reason. His rather convoluted theories about childhood development, for example, had more to do with his own hang-ups and the politics of 19th century Vian than with universal truths. However, Freud did have some profound insights about the defense mechanisms that we humans use to protect our egos from uncomfortable, unconscious facts. These insights are babies that shouldn't be thrown out with the Oedipal bathwater. Among the defense mechanisms that Freud spotted, perhaps most relevant to our current work, is one very tricky flip called reaction formation. In essence, a reaction formation occurs when a situation stimulates a forbidden feeling. So before you become consciously aware of that forbidden feeling, your ego stages an over-the-top performance of an emotion which is opposite to the forbidden feeling as a way of hiding the forbidden feeling both from you and from other people. A classic example of a reaction formation would be a high school jock who feels and acts disgusted whenever he sees a feminine gay guy. The disgust may be strongly felt, but it is still an over-the-top performance designed by the jock's ego to keep out of awareness his own feelings of homosexual attraction to the feminine gay guy. Less obvious examples of reaction formation might include feeling wildly offended at the slightest slight, a way to cover up awareness of masochistic desire to receive insults. Feeling tremendously guilty when you've disappointed someone, a way to cover up awareness of sadistic desire to inflict pain. Feeling very anxious in social situations, a way to cover up feelings of budding connection and intimacy, and also vicious aggression, usually both. Feeling massively annoyed and put upon by family, a way to cover up vulnerable feelings of love and gratitude. The thing about reaction formations is that they are reactions and not responses to life. Genuine, responsive emotions have an open, connecting, moving quality to them. They feel fresh and spontaneous, including dark, genuine emotions like anger and grief. Reacting, covering something up emotions have a hard, closed, robotic, repetitive quality to them. Over time, you can begin to notice the difference and be able to directly feel when you're in a compulsive reaction formation rather than a genuine emotional response. The funny thing about reaction formations is that they are very, very good at repressing our awareness of our identity with the divine spark, the happy, holy whore in all of us that happens to enjoy everything, including all the fucked up stuff that we consciously disapprove of mightily. In other words, at a fundamental level, we have all these reaction formations to hide our own saintliness, our own willingness to experience everything with total love. The most repressed item in your unconscious is your own total grace. Of all the things to be embarrassed about, the ego is most embarrassed by your total grace. And so it puts on a show with reaction formations to convince you that there are elements of your instinctual animal nature, like sadomasochistic pleasure, or homosexual attraction, or incestuous attraction, or the urge to destroy and decimate, that you cannot accept. But it is just not true you can experience anything with total grace and your total grace can transmute the most gruesome brutality into shining presence the thing about the ego is that it needs a sense of opposition of refusal of rejection in order to maintain itself it has to say no, that is awful, I don't like that, no, that is not me, to something, in order to define itself as separate from the undulating whole of the weird fractal hologram of life. And this is great, of course, it's a wise game to play in many childhood survival situations, it's just not ultimately true. And it can become a limiting burden in adulthood because the divinity that we essentially are rejects nothing, refuses nothing, even extreme experiences of pain. In fact, according to some of the most touching myths we have, the divine often actively seeks out extreme experiences of pain in order to show off how divinely accepting it is. Odin, for example, put out his right eye and hung from a tree for nine days in order to gain knowledge of the mysteries. Yet, just because the divine in you enjoys or feels pleasure or attraction to someone or something, doesn't mean you automatically have to pursue it. Think back to our high school jock. Let's say... He realizes that his over the top disgust for feminine gay guys that he meets is a reaction formation, one that's covering up some scary feelings of attraction. He could just let those feelings of attraction exist in his body, noticing them, not judging them, not rejecting them. He doesn't have to act on those feelings of attraction if he doesn't think it's the best idea for him and he doesn't have to convulse with disgust and act like a bully to hide those feelings. So if you realize that your over-the-top guilt when you disappoint someone is a cover-up for a twinge of sadistic glee, it doesn't mean you have to go on a rampage trying to torture your friends and family with disappointment. It means you can let the ripple of glee arise in your body. Feel it without judging it and stay centered and present with the flow of life instead of throwing yourself into a stinky pool of reactive guilt. If we allow ourselves to feel the unconscious divine kinky pleasure we've been suppressing, then we are left with just our intelligence to guide our decisions, and that's great. Your own intelligence and consciously chosen principles are a much better ethical compass than your reactive feelings of guilt. Mm. Mm. I think another deep breath over there. Hmm. okay I really really like this excerpt uh excerpt that last part actually very much reminds me of a journal entry that I shared in an earlier episode if I'm correct I think it was episode five that was I don't I don't even remember what I titled that episode but it was something about how you know don't be a vessel be a straw something like that (laughs) and uh I shared a journal entry about, you know, getting to a place where I no longer depend on the memories in my body and the stories that my ego tells to move through reality. You know, getting to a point where I'm just guided through every present moment. I'm guided by my own divine knowledge, my own consciously chosen principles, and my intelligence my my in- innate intelligence, and yeah, so I think that was another reason I just wanted to share this excerpt, and I'm really also looking into the concept of reaction formations because you know, those are not our real feelings. And I think it's possible to feel the reaction formation and then break down a layer and then go deeper into the actual feeling. There's so much more to it. There's so much more. And I just thought this excerpt is beautiful. It relates to so many of the episodes we've had thus far. And I hope you enjoyed it. And we will definitely be doing more of these readings. I hope you like it and yeah, stay safe. Have a great day today and give yourself some love. Give the people around you some love and sending you lots of love from me directly to you right where you are. Thank you for tuning in.